Welcome to the Tech That Connects Us. Your host today is me, John Clifton, co-founder of Nuco, alongside Tim Meredith, our business manager in content and media, and we're delighted to be joined today by Wolfgang Zeller. Hailing from Austria, Wolfgang has worked for some of the biggest names in European telecommunications and broadcast, from senior infrastructure roles with UPC to working as VP of Service Engineering for Vodafone Group. He's held key roles in video technology for over 20 years, and he now heads up Vodafone's Video Center of Excellence, and it's an absolute pleasure to have him on the show with us today. Welcome to the podcast, Wolfgang. Thank you very much, guys, for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, it's a real pleasure. It's a real pleasure. So to, to get the story started, we kind of like to go, I guess, right back to the beginning. So how and why did you get into the, the broadcast and video industry? Oh, that's actually a funny story. I was uh, wrapping up university in Vienna and there was a cable operator which was bought afterwards per UPC telling, we're going to deliver you high-speed internet over cable network. Eh? And I kept phoning those guys up when the service will actually show up and they said, yo, you seem to be so interested. Do you want to work for us? I said, yeah, sure. I think I can help you. So I became like employee number three in what's called UPC Vienna. Eh? So I had to do hands-on installation of cable modems and so on and so forth. And I got later on into system engineering. Eh? That's how it all started. It was like me being an unpatient customer, if you like. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's absolutely fantastic. That's uh, that's that's really good. How many times did you call them before they offered you a job? I think 15 times, yeah. Wow. They put me through. Really disgusting customer. <laughs> and then I was so annoying to put me through to the hiring manager saying, you know what, you just better work for us. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I love it. That's that's absolutely brilliant. So, um, so passing over to Tim for a few more questions around the past. Yeah, so you've you've obviously worked at some of the biggest operators in in the TV and video industry. Is is there a period in your career that you could single out as being the most enjoyable, the most fun? I think they all have had their high highlights. Yeah, um, if there is a specific one, I think that was when I actually moved from Vienna to Amsterdam, working for UPC in corporate. That was like super interesting. It was like the internet hype. There was endless money. You can do all crazy <laughs> ideas. Yeah. There was no need for a business case, just spend the money and get it done. I think that was like really hilarious. Also was quite young there being in Amsterdam at the time. I think that was really, really a fun time, I have to say. And luckily that continued for years and years and never burst and it was all fine. Well, we went to chapter <laughs> 11, which was like another experience. <laughs> Perfect. And and either in that time or, or in other times, what or who has been your biggest influence? Who sort of influenced you the most as you were coming up? Um, I had a very good mentor, a good friend of me, which is uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Katz. I think everybody knows Lawrence still. Yeah. So he was unfortunately employee number one at the time. Yeah. And I think he mentored me through the whole process and it was always fun working with him yeah, until recently. So we kept following each other and hopped from one company to the other, basically. Oh, perfect. Perfect. And do you still like, do you still try and meet up outside or is it, is it all business? Is it all business and mentoring or do you? No, we got actually outside? very good friends. So he has like a very good, good secret. He actually teached me how to iron a shirt. I'm not joking yeah, because I had no clue. It's, it's key because no one shows key. you. <laughs> one day you turn up to a conference and your boss looks at your shirt and gives you the, I'm going to fire you eyes. And then you learn. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, what achievement would you say you're you're most proud of? I think it's the most recent one in uh, Vodafone. We've actually really managed to build a fully cloud-based uh, pay TV platform, yeah, that is now running at scale in 10 different markets. Yeah? So I think that's, after all the things I've been doing in the TV and video industry, that's probably the best achievement so far. 
Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Wonderful. And so we've talked a little bit about your past. Um, so let's talk about the present, John. Yeah, thank you, Tim. So uh, the video industry feels like it's in you know another period of change. We've all seen the news uh, this week around uh, around Netflix and some potential changes there in terms of their model and dropping subscribers and and so on. Um, so curious to get your take on on your feelings of the current state of the video market. Yeah, I think I have to say this industry was never in a steady state, right? It was always up for a change. We had like multiple revolutions taking place. Some announced revolutions did not take place. Yeah? And I think we're now in a similar similar hotspot right now. Yeah, So we do a lot of content aggregation. You have third-party applications. You have what has not jumped to Europe yet, yet is quite cutting and replacing your standard services with third-party applications. Yeah? So it's like super interesting uh, where it's all going to end. I don't know. All I still do know, if you work in the engineering part of the business, you never finished. Yeah? There's always something new, a new technology around the corner, a new service you need to introduce. Yeah? So it's going to be an endless, an endless rally, yeah? I have to say. Mm. And, and, and are you excited for the current state of the industry? Because th th there's always there's always a few naysayers who, you know, will say, you know, once this thing happens, that's the end or when this thing happens, we've we've reached the edge of what can be achieved. Um, but you don't strike me as that type of person. No, because it was never true. Yeah? Because if you look back, history tells you, you were never finished. Just an introduction of HD would be the holy grail. It was not. Yeah? So we did other pieces. Yeah? And now all of a sudden, OTT streaming is replacing everything. But is it really? Yeah? So I don't think so. Yeah? It's just going to be still a complementary service on top. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So... Yes, of course, the ecosystem is changing, different players taking more important roles in the past, others are coming, others are leaving, but at the end of the day, we still have to deliver video to our subscribers, no matter what, no matter how, yeah? so it's still mm -hmm. gonna be there. Yeah? And you will yeah. meet different partners in the ecosystem with different roles, but it's gonna stay, yeah? I'm quite sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, I'm very optimistic. Um, th this last couple of years has you know, clearly been a, you know, a, a big shift and shake up for, for everybody on, on lots of different levels. But what do you think is the biggest lesson that the video industry can take away from this period of disruption? I think if you look at it, um, everybody was very unhappy with their TV subscription. Yeah? And now everybody's using third-party apps. And if they do the total of their bill, I think they will figure out more than most maybe the most brilliant move on earth yeah so i think we're going to see yet coming back to packaging and aggregation so back and forth yeah so it's going to be a cost optimization cost optimization exercise driven by our customer base and yeah? we're running into yeah i i think the idea that you go direct to consumer as a big content provider and make loads of money yeah but i think it comes to an end slowly yeah? and you can see it a little bit with netflix yeah it's starting already yeah mm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and thanks very much for, for that insight. And that, I guess, kind of leads us nicely on um, onto some aspects around the future. So, uh, Tim, back to you. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I did feel my pulse quicken when I remember myself how I accidentally ended up with Apple TV Plus. And I don't know how, and I've never quite managed to cancel it. So I, I felt that one. Um, so looking at the future, obviously, we talked a bit about disruption. Where, where do you see the biggest potential for you know content consumption do you think it's new technologies is it new kind of service models what do you what do you think is going to be the kind of biggest growth area going forward i think i see like a endless growing opportunity for customers to consume tv or video on any type of device yeah so it might be a little bit far-fetched but i'm really favoring if you have like these self-driving cars yeah what are you going to do in a self-driving car 
You're going to yeah. work, read your newspapers. What was the rest of the car doing? They're going to watch video, right? Mm. So it's yet another video device, if you like. Yeah, Maybe with different type of videos, augmented reality, additional information, and so on and so forth. But it's going to be video-enriched communication you're going to consume. Yeah? And there are other, you can talk about metaverse. For sure, you're going to con consume video in metaverse in one way or the other. Yeah? So I think that's what it is. Yeah? And I break this all this down. What does it mean for us being a technology? It means just, yeah. It's going to be new devices, new type of infrastructures. We need to make sure we deliver high video quality. Yeah? Is it going IP? Most likely. Going to have a myriad of new encoding technologies coming our way? Absolutely. Yeah? So it's never got, we are never finished in this business. Yeah? There's always something. Mm -hmm. And if something really motivates and drives people, is consuming video because it's super emotional at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 And I think I'd agree with you that it's, it's there's always around about the time that Tesla announced that in their new car you can play the witcher 3 whilst it's charging on a big screen in the middle of it exactly. around about the time somebody says that you think okay well all bets are off something new is going to happen because that's not what we were expecting and, and what do you need you need a high-speed network yeah you need to deliver high video quality yeah and that's exactly what waterfront currently at the moment is set up quite nicely to do this yeah Perfect. And I'm going to conversely that, you know, with all those potentials, with all those changes coming up, what do you think is going to be the, the biggest challenge that is going to face the industry in making those changes and making those innovations? I think the challenge is going to be you need to get the content to the people. Yeah? It will require a tremendous amount of bandwidth and capacity in any type of network. Yeah? So you have always these reports, video consumption is peaking, it's growing, it's growing. Those reports haven't changed over the last five to 10 years. Yeah? And mm -hmm. they still keep predicting. Yeah? And people still building networks and consumers are still consuming the bandwidth and consuming a lot of video content. Yeah? So that's going to be the challenge. And then, of course, you can be smart with encoding technologies, the way you deliver video, yada, yada, yada. It's the same game. Just yeah. It multiplies every time. Yeah? yeah, even when you compress it and get it more efficient, then people go, oh, lovely stuff. We've got more room. And the service yeah, grows. It grows to fit the capacity. And then you hit that wall every time. Basically, yes. Yeah. yeah. And and what are you most excited about in the future? What could you see developing that's going to yeah get you most interested? Uh, what gets me most interested? I think we are still in the early days, what we can do actually in the cloud in terms of video. I think that's gonna you're going to see a lot more. Yeah. You're going to see the whole ecosystem probably moving completely through the cloud, yeah, from aggregation, contribution, encoding, packaging, yada, yada, yada. Um, and you will still see this on a global scale yeah, for, for pretty much everybody. And there's a lot of technology that needs to be invented, created to make this really, really scalable and um, perfect, I have to say. And that keeps me up all day. Yeah. So I'm a big <laughs> fan of cloud, obviously. Yeah? <laughs> you don't have a cup of coffee, you have a big cup of cloud in the morning to get you pepped up for the day. Basically, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Right. Well, that takes us sort of through your past, present and, and future. So our next section is something that we, we all agree is something needs to be addressed as much as possible and as often, often as possible. And, and that's diversity. John? Yeah, thanks, Tim. Um, yeah, as Tim mentioned, I think it, it's something that we all agree needs to be addressed. I think it is being addressed. Um, and I think that things are changing but there's always more that can be done. And so we like to ask everybody that comes on the show, you know, what are your views on, on how diversity can be improved in the industry? I think we need to be as attractive as possible to get diverse talent all over the place. What I can see is in our case, we are very lucky. Yeah, So we have a very 
fair share of diversity across our teams. It really helps that we operate on a global scale. So you get different cultures on top of it. Mm -hmm. And that really results in a very different team dynamic, right? Because you have different inferences, different views, and it really, really helps problem solving, I have to say, yeah? And that comes back to, we need to be very attractive. It's pretty much competing for talent, yeah? be it now engineering talent or a diverse talent to get those people. You need to really offer them something very attractive. Yeah? And we put a lot of efforts into this. Yeah? So we are quite vocal about it. We announce this. Uh, actually, we push it very hard in our hiring process yeah? to make sure that we are reaching a certain degree of diversity, rest assured, and always try to top it. Yeah? So yes. Um, it re requires a lot of explanation and a lot of engagement across the board yeah, to achieve those targets. Yeah, absolutely. And then you touched on it a little bit there. And I, I was curious to ask, you know, working for such a large organization like Vodafone, you know, it's likely been on their agenda earlier than lots of others and something that's been being addressed much earlier than, than lots of others. So I was wondering whether there were, whether there were any you know, key themes or particular initiatives that that you can single out that you think have been particularly um, particularly effective in, in driving diversity? So I think it's multiple things. So first of all, no surprise, we all have to go through uh, a training. Yeah? So what does it actually mean? How can you achieve that? How are you going to deal with different situations? How are you enable this process? Yeah? And then we took it a step further, also building the funnel of people. Yeah? You need to approach this differently yeah? because you talking to an engineer is one thing yeah? because it's quite technical, but if you want to broaden your diversity, you have to have a different conversation, different advertisements, yeah, and so on and so forth to attract those people. Otherwise, you will be like just one of those uninteresting technology companies. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, listen, I mean, it's something that we could discuss for hours and hours, um, but it's great to hear. It's great to hear some of those initiatives. And and I, I'm I'm really delighted that it, it feels like it's something the, the industry is really pushing and we're beginning to see much more of, which is um, which is a, a brilliant thing. I agree. And you can actually see, yeah, it really, as I said, it changes the environment, it changes the problem-solving approaches on a day-to-day -day basis. So it is only a plus than anything else. So. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I think that the problem-solving aspect is a really important part of it. It's that it's that whole diversity of thought and helping problem-solving thing. And I think, I think too often that gets missed alongside the more obvious diverse you know topics whether that's gender ethnicity and so on and so on actually it's really important to have the the differences in in thought and problem solving and so on because that's actually that's what that's what drives diversity and, and also drives business value which is really yes, important. and that it really creates a difference yeah? it really yeah. creates a difference it creates a different working environment for everybody it's not just for diverse people but i think for everybody else yeah it really helps yeah? Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, very good. So um, we're going to pass back over to, to Tim now to uh, to learn a bit a bit more about you and uh, what you might like to do on a perfect weekend, Tim. Yeah, yeah. So we've we focused very much on on sort of work and career and that side. But yeah, we want to want to learn a bit more. And I, I've I've had I've got a bit. I've had some inside information about your <laughs> aquatic tendencies. Let's put it like that. But how would what would you say would be your your perfect weekend? So there are two options. Clearly, it's family quality time, yeah, because we are spread all over the place and traveling a lot, which is now picking up again. It's always nice to have a calm family weekend. On the other yeah. hand, I do like, which I started probably three years back, roughly, I do like overlanding. Yeah, It's just pack your gear in your Jeep, go somewhere remote yeah, and spend the weekend by yourself or with your friends in nature. Yeah? 
So that's a perfect weekend for me because it completely detaches you to all those uh, online stuff yeah, and, and all the things we used to do on a day-to-day basis. It's just like basic stuff. You cook your breakfast, you cut your woods so you can make some something and lunch. Yeah. Very different. Yeah? Going fully off. Okay, so and, and we're not just talking about we're going camping and we're turning our phones off. We're talking cutting your wood, foraging food, getting proper, yeah, so proper you try trials. To, you try to get as much off-grid as possible as you can in a connected Europe. Yeah? But there are yeah. some spots <laughs> you can go. Yeah? Do, do, you, do you drive there in a Tesla or? No, I drive there in a hybrid. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. But I drive there in a hybrid Jeep. Yeah? Believe it or not, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and tell us a bit more what's in the bag what 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 do you pack in the bag what do i pack in the bag obviously um all the tools that you need but then there is always something very nice and good to drink yeah and obviously some good food good. everything you need to around it and then that's about it not nothing more yeah the rest is whatever you find yeah that's and are you are you heading off into the into the black forests of germany or do you go further afield no, we're not going into Black Forest because, believe it or not, it's not so easy to drive there around as you like. So it always carries us a little bit more to the south, you know, towards Italy, Croatia. So that's the places you can go, yeah? and France, if you really want to. Lovely stuff. And I'm surprised because when I was speaking with, with John ahead, he was talking all about sort of paddleboarding and, and getting on the water. And it's just not fact. It's just not factored in the weekend. No, if there is a water, then you go paddleboarding, obviously. Yeah, but we'll, it's not. A... We'll say there's a lake in the forest. Would you give <laughs> yes. me that? You, all, you, find, you find always a always a place. Yes, there's always a place. Yes. Perfect. Lovely stuff. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. Um, so we'll we'll take it um uh to to the end now. So John, I think we have a quick fire round. Interesting quick fire. Yeah, very good. So uh, so we've got a few questions here. So you you got to try and answer as fast as you can. That's the that's the aim of the game. Okay. So if you could live anywhere, where would it be? I would stick to Austria still. <laughs> very good. And um, what is your favourite family vacation? Croatia. Whereabouts? Um, I don't tell because the secret nice place. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the likes of us. Very good, very good. Um, what makes you laugh the most? Um, I'm really a simple, stupid guy when it comes to laughing. If you send me some TikTok about dogs and cats, what they're stupid, I can just laugh my ass off. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get one right after this episode. Thank you. Um, what was the last movie that you watched? Oh, it was the last Green Award something, and I fell asleep twice. Yeah, but that was the most <laughs> movie I tried to watch. <laughs> so a memorable one. All right, very good. Um, what is your favorite game or sport um, to watch and play? It's clearly Formula One. Yeah, for those who know me, I'm next to being gadget man, a Formula One addict. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, would you rather be on a paddleboard, in a kayak, or on a sailing boat? Paddleboard, by definition. <laughs> Very good. You've got you've got to come to Brighton. It's paddleboarding capital paddleboarding. of the UK. I'm hearing this. Yes, it's on my list. <laughs> yeah, very much is. Very much is. Um, what would you sing at a karaoke night? Oh, I'm a really bad singer. What would I sing? Ah, oh, I guess it would go for New York, New York. Yeah. Excellent. And um, if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ah, being Austrian, Wiener Schnitzel, and die happily after, right? <laughs> no, you wouldn't live long, but you'd be happy. No, live long, forget it, no. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks so much for that. Really great to, to get all of that insight. So just passing back to Tim for our final question, please. 
Yes. Yeah, so um, our final question for our guests is always exactly the same. What one piece of advice would you give to someone entering the industry today? What would I give them? Um, be bold, yeah? Be really bold because this industry is changing. There's so much room for anyone joining this. You can grow and you can pretty much choose your destiny, yeah? Fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant. Listen, thank you so much for joining us on the show, Wolfgang. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, we look forward to speaking again soon. Thanks very much. Thank you very much too. Thanks, Wolfgang. Thank you. Thank you.